0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the 49ers Focus podcast. I am your host and with me filling in for n 4 Glad to have him back for a second episode in a row, Niner Nation 21. How you doing buddy? Doing great. Glad to be here. I'm uh, happy I got invited back for a second one. <laughs> Absolutely. Very happy to uh, to have you in here. I, I, we Thought it went so well the first time. We were looking forward to having you back here very quickly. So we're going to talk a little bit about the 49ers-Patriots game coming up and just what we expect and number of injuries that we have heading into the game. So must be football season. But before we do that, we'll get into the acquisition the 49ers made this week. We had talked about it on the last pod that we were going to have to do something and we Kind of did (laughs) a very small move. We made a trade with the Jets for pass rusher Jordan Willis and a seventh round pick, I believe, this year in exchange for our sixth round pick next year. Willis hasn't been doing a whole lot in the NFL up to this point. He was a former, I believe, uh, Kansas State standout as a pass rusher, third round pick of the Bengals. How are you feeling about this trade? What do you What do you think of it?
1: I actually think it was pretty good. I don't expect him to revolutionize our our pass rushing, pass rushing or anything like that. But the one thing that I'm very happy about, actually a couple of things. One, this was a great trade in terms of we get the first pick in the seventh round this year and we, we give up a sixth round in 2022 with the amount of free agents that we have offload or offloading off the roster this offseason, that extra pick could actually turn into something decent, hopefully. They've been pretty good at, at uh, grabbing some guys late in the draft and, and you know finding some good gems there. The other thing that I really love is that Willis is extremely athletic. He was, according to a spark score out of the twenty seventeen draft, um, only Miles Garrett was more athletic than him. He had a ninety seven and ninety-seven point five percent spark score, which was very, very good. So He's a guy who's going to be extremely athletic coming off the edge, which we don't have right now. With Ford out and with Bosa out, those two guys were our most athletic pass rushers. Our main pass rushers now in Heider and Armstead, both of them are are over or pushing 280 pounds. Obviously, Armstead is almost 300 pounds. So we don't have speed off the edge. Now we have some speed off the edge. So that's really going to help when we're trying to chase down you know, guys like Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson. We we just didn't have that dynamic athlete off the edge. Now, again, Willis is not going to come in and immediately be Nick Bosa, but he's going to be, hopefully, is going to be better than Deion Jordan, which would be a tremendous upgrade because between Jordan, Armstead, and Heider, those are our top three pass rushers in terms of snaps right now. So, Having someone as athletic as Willis coming off the edge is going to be a boost. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I'm excited to see what Chris Kassir can do, our defensive line coach, what he can do with a, with such a dynamic athlete on the edge as well. He, I, The fact that he couldn't crack
0: the Jets lineup doesn't inspire a ton of confidence given their pass rushing and edge woes. It's, it's a really depressing group of guys out there. And he couldn't crack that consistency. So that's a little bit... Disconcerting, but as it is, given the state of our financials right now, I, I feel like this is at least a, a good stab in the dark to take because a lot of people did like him coming out. He, as you mentioned, he's an, he is an athletic freak. He's a little bit not I don't want to say short, but he's he's not long, and uh, that can obviously be a bad thing. But who's to say what happens if you put him in the right situation? We've seen guys like that turn it around before. I do wish he had an extra year on the contract. That would be like my only nominal complaint with that. He's a free agent at the end of the year. You probably get him for cheap anyway. So maybe we're just going to kick the tires on him for now, which is perfectly, perfectly fine. And then sign him to a a really small deal next season. Better, better him than Dion Jordan. I think, I mean, at least there's some sense of upside between the two of them. So I do like the move, especially for the, the very limited resources we have to pay these guys. Uh, You know, we did learn, from Lombardi when this trade was made that we basically had no money. We we were out. Uh, we had to restructure Lake and Tomlinson just to be able to fit this deal in, apparently, which, you know, that money goes super fast. Uh, it's probably the best we can do under the circumstances. I'm not sure if we'll be able to make any other moves to enhance this one. Uh, we, Given the state of the team, I don't know if we want to wait and see on that. And I do think that that's a good idea because – You don't want to commit to us to selling this early, you know, two weeks before the deadline, but you still want to put your best foot forward in order to win. So you can make a small buy like this, see if anything shakes out and then, you know, you have two weeks and if we lose the next two games, we can still sell off the parts that we, that we want to, or if we want to and recoup some of these picks that we might be lacking. So I do think it was a good move. I'm not expecting anything crazy good from them or anything, but I think it's I think it's a good stab in the dark. And I think it's worth the, worth the shot later. I believe it was later that day or maybe the next day, Baltimore did, uh, did acquire Yannick Ngakwe. So that was a big name. That was, that was available that I had mentioned before. Who is was no longer available. There are still going to be a couple guys out there and possibly available. And I've mentioned a few of them before. So, you know, if we manage to go one and one in these next two or two and oh. Maybe we will see a bigger move made, and maybe we'll just do some more contract finagling in order to make it work monetarily. But I think for now, it's a, it's a good start, and to at least see if there's anything that we could find moving forward. So,
1: like I mentioned, Willis is not he's not going to come in and you know immediately push for a starting role next year. At least it doesn't look like it. But looking in terms of total pressures of our defense. I posted on the forum a couple of days ago that you know one of the most depressing stats that I've seen from the 49ers so far this year was Armstead has 14 total pressures on the year, which was like uh, almost top five. Uh, I think it was top, I think it was number seven. Hyder has 13, which is number eight. Our next highest pressure total on the team is a three-way tie between Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, and Javon Kinlaw at five. So quite a drop off. And Deion Jordan has three total pressures on the year. Uh and he's technically almost a starter. So there's a very, very low bar for Willis to cross. So let's hope he can at least do something.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard to get worse at this point. So anything is is, is worth a shot at like you said. I mean it's it is pretty especially going from what we had last year and how good that defense was and how, how deadly it was up front, like just to go from that to, to this is pretty debilitating, I guess. You know, it's, it's just kind of sad. You can say so, it, it's sad. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. But all right, so uh, with that news out of the way, let's get to the topic at hand, which is the 49ers heading over to Foxborough to take on Jimmy Garoppolo's old team, the New England Patriots, who are currently, I believe, two and three. They've had some run-ins with COVID, uh, sort of a weird off-season and season for them. They, uh, I believe they had to miss a game or move a bye around. Uh, they haven't practiced before this week in like two weeks. Sort of a crazy situation going on over there. They started out of the gates pretty well, looked pretty impressive, but then they, they sort of have come back down to earth. So let's look at it from a, a a perspective of the offense, and we do know that some people are going to miss this game offensively for us. Mostert placed on IR, Ben Garland's out, which means Gronsu's the starting center. Tevin Coleman's still out, so our running backs are definitely looking like Jet and Jamichael Hasty. Although I believe Jeff Wilson is
1: practicing, so that's good. I believe he's questionable for the game. Still questionable. Officially questionable.
0: Okay, so I mean, I'm not too concerned about it. He hasn't been all that super impressive this year in comparison to what he's done in limited time last year and the year before. But the, the running game, I think, as a, as a whole, is just sort of interchangeable with these guys. When we're at this point of the the depth chart, I, I think they're all kind of the same. And you can kind of take one out, move one around, and they're all kind of the same. But what are you expecting here offensively? Because the big thing that we know is that Belichick's going to do his damnedest to take away our best weapon, which is easily George Kittle. And they do still have a, a really good secondary out there. So, so what are you expecting offensively from us?
1: Running the ball. So the three things that I'm looking forward to for this game, one, I want to see the offensive line staying sharp. The, the Patriots are 15th in total pressures, but they only have eight sacks. They don't get to the quarterback all that often, and they're not very good at getting tackles in the backfield. They're almost dead last in getting getting tackles in the backfield. So they're not great at pressuring the quarterback. They're they're good at making the quarterback uncomfortable, but they're not great at getting to the quarterback. So I want to see our offensive line staying sharp. I want to see them build off of last week, use that confidence that I think Brunskill got, use the confidence that McGlinchey got, I think, from proving people wrong. So I want, to, I want to really see that offensive line stay sharp, protect Jimmy, and open up holes for, for the running game. And I'm also really looking forward to seeing how we can keep this offense in rhythm. Our defense is definitely holding its own this year, but with the way that Cam Newton is running the ball, I, I don't want to give the ball over to the Patriots at all because we cannot stop running quarterbacks. I want to see Shanahan develop a game plan that keeps the offense on the field, but also can put up points. Basically, I want to see them do exactly what they did against the Rams. I want to see them testing all angles of this defense, and just keeping them off balance all day. The, those are the two biggest things that I'm really looking forward to. And the third thing that I that I'm I'm one that I want to see is who's going to step it up in the running game. You know, McKinnon lost. I think he lost his job as the closer last week. You know, he got he got passed up by an undrafted rookie who's barely played. And he was given the opportunity to be the closer last week uh, in Jamaico Hasty, which is kind of surprising. And it was, you know, there really wasn't much said about that. So is it McKinnon has lost the step? Like some people was thinking, was it they're just kind of going with the hot hand? You know, I, I want to see of those two, which one is going to show up and who's going to take over the lead role of, of our running back group. And will Jeff Wilson play? Uh, Because if he doesn't, then that puts even more pressure on the passing game because we can't, we can't trust that people are going to stay healthy. We've put someone on an IR every single week. We can't trust two running backs to go out there and carry the ball, you know, 10, 15 times each and not get hurt. We just can't trust it this year. So I I really want to see one who's going to step it up in the running game, and if, Joe, if Jeff Wilson's actually going to play this week. So those are the three things that I really want to see our offense do this week. The
0: the one thing that I, I will say is that I don't believe that we've called any running backs up other than Hasty, and I don't believe we added any to the to the practice squad. Right, so we did. I believe yesterday we we called up Joe Walker for at linebacker, and then added it. Jonas Griffith and Daniel Helm to the practice squad. So I don't know if we have a practice squad running back outside of Jermichael Hastie. Uh, You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'm I'm actually, I'm not 100% sure. The practice squad kind of gets muddled after a while, but I don't think we have another running back on the practice squad. And if we haven't called anybody up or put anybody, then I would imagine that we feel pretty good about Wilson playing at this juncture, uh, given that it's Friday. So I don't know. I mean, that's just what I would guess at this point in time.
1: We have we have one running back, Austin Walter. He's the only oh. running back on our practice squad, which he was in, in training camp, I believe, earlier this year and last year. But yeah, it's him and Josh Hokit, the fullback. Those are the only two backs that we have on the practice squad at the moment.
0: You are correct. Walter was on on this squad in preseason last year and this year. Well, this year, obviously there wasn't one, but last year he actually, I believe played in games, preseason games. So, so that's good. So he's got a lot of familiarity with the with, with the team in the playbook if we do need to call him in, but that will, that will temper my, uh, my belief that Wilson was definitely going to be a go with regards to jet. I mean, we've, and for all, and I've mentioned it a couple times on this pod. and you can actually go back to when we signed him. I just don't think he was ever that good of a running back in terms of, his technical precision and proficiency running the football. I think he's a tremendous athlete who plays running back, but I don't think that he has the great running back attributes that somebody who can be extremely effective, but doesn't have the physical gifts that he has. Like, you know, prime Frank Gore was never the biggest, never the fastest, but I always thought he, he just knew how to play the position. He knew how to run a football as a running back. I think Jet McKinnon doesn't have that. So, I do believe he's lost a step. He's certainly lost some some long speed, but I, I do believe with, that he's lost a step. And with that, the fact that he's also not a great running back, yeah, I think that was just kind of a matter of time. I, I do think Jamichael Hastie looks more, he, in, in very limited time, he, he did look pretty comfortable just maneuvering around his line and on the field. Uh, and all brought up the feet last, last week, and I thought that was a good point. Yeah, I comped. Michael Hasty, too, a kind of very poor man's Gio Bernard during the draft. I, I think he profiles very similarly, uh, and Bernard's not always the greatest runner, but he was always fine. You know, it, Bernard's best attributes were always his his overall skill set. So, not the most talented runner, maybe, but I, I do think that if he's gonna be in this running back rotation as it is right now between, you know, him and Jet and Wilson and Wilson, he's probably the most talented and gifted runner between both run, actually running the football and just physical gifts in terms of speed, cutback feet, you know, things like that. So I do think we will see a lot of him this upcoming game. And I'm with you. I think we're going to run the ball. I think we have to, I think we have to run the ball a lot because I think throwing the ball is going to be very, very tricky, especially if they're selling out on Kittle. I, I think their secondary is so good. And I mean, it's not even just Stefan Gilmore. Like it goes so much deeper than that. The scheme is always phenomenal for them. Jackson is is already really good back there. So gonna be a really tough road to sled there if if we're trying to throw the ball a ton. And I, I do think running the football is the way to go. And and you just kind of have to hope that we can move it with this sort of makeshift offensive line and makeshift running back group that we can run it effectively, which, you know, this is, this is what we, we talk about, right? How Shanny can basically turn anybody into a thousand yard rusher and things like that. So we'll, we'll, see what happens in terms of the, the running game. I, I don't think it's going to be a big game for any of our, our running backs or anything like that in terms of, running the football against them. I believe New England is, I mean, they're good, not great. They're just outside the top 10. I think they average, uh, they're giving up about four four 4.2 yards to carry. So it's certainly, it's, it's not impossible. You know, they're not one of the best, but it might not be the easiest thing either. They are overall, like, I don't, they're definitely not the defensive last year. So that's, you know, that's good. I would say they're closer to, being an an average defense um, overall, just in their games this year, than they than they have been an elite defense like they were last year.
1: Yeah, they uh, you know looking at at some of the the stats. I mean, they are pretty. I would say pretty average across the board. You know, according to Football Outsiders, they're the 14th ranked defense. They have the 17th ranked pass defense and the 18th ranked rush defense. But one, I guess, probably the most concerning thing for me, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, their pass defense is, you know, they they have some very talented guys on the back end of that defense. The thing that concerns me the most is that our biggest strength is getting the ball in the hands of our playmakers and allowing them to break tackles, weave their way through the defense. Well, the Patriots are dead last in... um I'm sorry, number one in the fewest missed tackles in the NFL with only 19. To put that in perspective, the Jets have 66. The 49ers are also only a couple of of missed tackles higher than the Patriots, so that's good. Uh, But the the Patriots don't miss tackles, and they give up their top five in the NFL in the fewest yak yards allowed. So, Two of our biggest strengths is are those two stats that we we excel in. And those are the two things that the Patriots do really well in stopping. Now, like I mentioned earlier, their pass rushing is not that great. Like I said, they're good at, at getting near the quarterback, flustering the quarterback, but they're not very good at actually disrupting the quarterback. So what I'm hoping to see is that we see some more plays of getting into their not quite testing their secondary, but maybe testing their linebacker group with, you know, getting some of our getting like Debo and Ayuk in uh in the middle of the field and allowing them to kind of do their thing. Really we're I would say our passing offense maybe does not match up well with the Patriots passing defense. Their rush defense is not as good as their pass defense. You can run on them a little bit. So so really we're gonna have to run the ball to control the clock and also to get some get some some yardage uh, cuz I think it might be pretty tough to get some yards through the air or even yards after the catch.
0: Yeah, and Jimmy's going to have to be smart. Uh, the the thing that that concerns me with this defense is uh you you kind of touched on it briefly is like they're not getting to the quarterback a ton but they they're sort of having the the 49ers problem which is they're creating pressure and they're not getting to the quarterback but we have a guy who can't run, you know, they, you know, you get pressure on Cam Newton. He's just going to run. We have a guy who can't run and he tends to make boneheaded decisions when you pressure him. So Jimmy Garoppolo is really good against the blitz. So that's a credit to him when the game is slow, when he can take his time and he can, he can read pre-snap defenses that, that shows that he has a good idea of what's coming. So he plays the blitz really well, but he struggles against straight up pressure. And the problem is, is that new England generates a lot of pressure. They are fifth in the league at generating pressure, uh, highest pressure rate per drop back. But in terms of actual blitz percentage, they're only middle of the pack. They're like 14th or 13th or something like that. So they're generating a lot of pressure uh, without the benefits of blitzing a ton. That being said, they do only have eight sacks <laughs> over the years. So so they are suffering a lot of the same thing that uh, that we are. But that would be my concern is that Jimmy's going to do something stupid at some point. Like, I feel like this is a game that's just primed for a a Jimmy Garoppolo YOLO throw. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And just to kind of build off some of those numbers that you're throwing out, you know, while they don't, they don't get a ton of sacks, they are third in the NFL in turnovers with 10 and they're also top three and fewest first downs given up on defense. So They're definitely not the Patriots of last year, but they're still a pretty good defense. So we're going to have our hands full. And every week, I feel like I sit there and I watch the game and I'm like, okay, here comes the drive where Jimmy's going to throw a stupid interception. And it feels like he's good for almost one a game. And it usually comes in really bad times. But he's also, whenever he does that, he usually bounces back pretty well. But I am very nervous about him getting flustered, getting moved off his spot and then just chucking one up and it falling right into a Patriots defender's hand um, because they, they are very good at, at, at forcing turnovers. And that's something that we haven't done a whole lot, which is give up turnovers. We don't turn the ball over a ton this year outside of the Miami game, which is a bit of a fluke. But the Patriots are really good at forcing turnovers and limiting first downs. So that's, that's a problem.
0: All right. So let's go ahead and flip it over to the other side of the ball now looking at the 49ers defense against the Patriots offense. And right off the bat, we, we know what the, the biggest thing is and that's, we can't stop running quarterbacks and they have the greatest running quarterback of all time already, you know, does lead their team in rushing yards. This is definitely something that could be a problem in this game. I don't know what the answer is here. I, Salah seems completely against the idea of spying at all. So I don't know if you play contain, which is something I've hated, but given where we stand in terms of our defensive line and the the lack of sacks that we are getting, I don't know if playing contain isn't the best idea in this situation because if not, I mean, we've proven time and time again that any running quarterback is just going to have a field day with us. and, And I don't know what the solution here is. Outside of of those two options,
1: yeah, I mean it's really going to come down to having Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw just being Johnny on the spot whenever Cam starts taking off. It we're it really we're relying on those two because with Jimmy Ward and Tart both out for this game, that means we have Marcel Harris who misses a ton of tackles, like you mentioned earlier this week with the the, the recap podcast that he just he, he can't be trusted and when he can be or when he's sometimes the last line of defense and he whiffs on so many tackles that that really makes me nervous so i don't know what the answer is for stopping cam newton but that is the number 1 priority and i think i assume that they understand that Outside of the seat, C- the Seahawks game, which the Patriots played the the second week of the year, they have never thrown for more than 170 yards. They've hit the 170 mark twice in the past two games. They are not great at passing the ball. Cam Newton does not look like the Cam Newton of all throwing the ball. You know, so he's he's struggling quite a bit in, in throwing the ball. So he's going to be running it more and more. I believe he is in. T- he's the top three. He's in the top three of quarterbacks in. Rushing attempts, yards, and touchdowns. He's actually number one in touchdowns. So, you know, stopping him on the ground is is the number one priority. If we can stop him on the ground and force him to throw the ball, I think he's gonna turn it over quite a bit and we're gonna we're gonna win this game. If we can't stop him on the ground, it's gonna be a very long day for the 49ers. Passing the
0: ball, they have not been great. Cam Newton, you know, and Cam Newton's never been super great at, at throwing the football. And let's be honest. I mean, he had the MVP season, but you know, he's never been that guy who's been super hyper efficient this year. It's kind of the same. He's, he's having a much better year in terms of accuracy than he has in years past. But I think that's just a product of the system, but he's already thrown four picks. He's only got two touchdowns. So I, I'm with you that I think that there is a way in which, you know, as long as we can hold him steady on the ground, because none of their other running backs really scare you, then I think you have a good chance to, to win the game. Now, I do believe this game is going to be ugly as all hell. Like, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be anything pretty about this game. I'm sort of expecting something, something stupid like a, a 17 to 15 type game. Like they kick three field goals, get a touchdown, need the two point conversion, and they miss it, or so, you know what I mean. This is going to be a pretty gnarly game i think just from a standpoint of actual offensive numbers it's it's not gonna be pretty is is that how you view this game actually happening
1: um kind of i mean i don't i don't see this game being a super high scoring game for for either side you know i really as much as we're kind of highlighting all the terrible things that could happen in this game i do feel pretty strongly that the 49ers have a great chance of winning this game like you mentioned, Newton really is not—he's not a great passer. He's really not. And outside of Julian Edelman, who is questionable to play this week, they they really don't have anything else. Demir Bird is their number two receiver, and he has I think twenty six targets on the year, seventeen catches. So he and, he, and no touchdowns. Like he's not—he's not a game breaker by any means. And Edelman, really, he's playing well, but he's not. Playing like he is with or like he was with Brady, he's doing well and moving the ball, but he's not he's not breaking any big any big gains or anything like that. So it's really it's gonna come down to can we stop Cam Newton on the ground? I think if we can do that, I think we'll we'll hold them to under twenty points. I really don't see the Patriots blowing us out unless we absolutely bust you know assignments on on stopping the run if that happens, then who knows. But I, I think this is going to be a fairly low scoring game with with us coming out on top. Like I just, I don't see the Patriots don't scare me this year. Newton's legs do, but we've, we've been embarrassed by running quarterbacks enough this year that I really hope that solace sees that, you know, this is a make or break game that if we don't stop the run of the quarterback, we're going to lose this game. And I, and I think he fully understands that. And it's, got to be the number one priority. I think it also helps that Quan Alexander is out for this game. And I know that
0: sounds like I'm not saying that to be mean. Like I think Quan Alexander is a tremendous linebacker. He's great in coverage, but I think that he has a a specific skill set that is not tailored to this game. And the problem is, is that NFL teams haven't really mastered that art of matchups yet. You know, like this is the type of matchup that you want to play Dre Greenlaw in. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, over Quan Alexander, you just do because yeah, you know, Greenlaw is going to make the tackles. He's not going to miss them. He's not as good as in coverage, but you don't need him as badly. So I think that'll help. Unfortunately, we we offset that with the loss of Tart and Ward, who are you know excellent tacklers, and we do it for Marcel Harris, who you know we we saw that last week. What happens when he's in and Tarvarius Moore, who maybe a safety but still tackles like a corner. So, you know, it's going to be a rough rough go of it if if they're having to make a lot of a lot of the tackles. So, hopefully they, we don't need them too badly, but with Greenlaw playing a prominent role up front along with Warner, hopefully that should mitigate a lot of the potential breakouts that they have via the running game, especially with, with Newton, because I haven't really watched Newton play in like so long. It feels like like really sat down and watch him play. I don't know how fast he is anymore. Like, is he, is he still sort of just bigger than everybody else, but he's not as fast or is he still got a good speed to him? Because, but it's that speed that sometimes just really kills you. I mean, like if you're just a bigger dude and running over people, I'll I'll take my chances that we can shut you down.
1: Yeah. I can't say that i watched a ton of cam newton this year but i did catch a little bit of the game last week i saw his his big touchdown run he was kind of just lumbering down the field like he he's not lamar jackson out there like he he doesn't have the long speed and i don't think he's ever really had like the you know the quick twitch burst in the short field like i think he's just he's got a long stride he he's not afraid to lowering his shoulder and he's just a guy that people don't want to tackle. I mean, he's he's still fast. Like I think he's—I don't know if you watched the uh, the Giants game where Daniel Jones carried the ball 80 yards and and uh, fell, you know, 10, 10 yards from the goal line. But he's he's maybe a little bit slower than Daniel Jones, who we who we faced off against. And we did, you know, he had a couple of design runs against us and and burnt us. But you know, whenever he tried to scramble, we we contained him fairly well. Newton is not he's not the runner he was a couple of years ago. He's he's definitely, you know, a little slower and, and a and a worse passer. So he's he's not he's not the Cam Newton of old, I'll put it that way. So what's your prediction? What what's the what's the final score? Uh, I, I hate predicting scores, but if I had to predict a score, I'd say You don't have 20- to predict the score, Who's going to win? Who's your prediction on, on a win? I'm definitely predicting the 49ers and and the reason why is like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think they know the most important thing is stopping Cam Newton. I think they will do it. I th- I don't know if they'll stop him, but I think they'll slow him down and force him into passing situations that I think will get him on. I think we'll have a couple, hopefully we'll have a turnover or two. I think the 49ers do win and I think their defense plays a big role in it, but I think it's because the offense keeps its momentum from last week going, keeps the Patriots guessing every drive and, uh, and shows Again, why Shanahan is uh, is a genius. I, too, am going
0: to pick the 49ers, but it's 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 definitely a hard choice. It's it, This is very, very close because I'm relying a lot on faith here that, A, the running game is going to be able to play as well as, you know, if we had Mostert in there, which is 100% not a guarantee. And I, I think we're going to lose the turnover battle. I don't think we're going to get any. And like I said, I, I feel weirdly confident that Jimmy's going to throw at least one interception uh, just because of the way that defense plays. So I think we're going to lose the turnover battle, but I do think that Shanny knows, and maybe it's just that Rams game giving me the sort of a false sense of bravado in in terms of what we can accomplish. But I I just feel like Shanny's going to know that the, the way to win this game is going to be to keep them off the field. But more importantly, just keep running the ball because while their defense isn't great overall, there is a clear divide in terms of what's the better better half of it, and it is their pass defense. And I feel like when you're a team that has a lot of success running the football like we do, even with some interchangeable parts, that's the way to go. And I'm hopeful that we will continue to do it. I, like I said, I do think it's going to be a really ugly game. I, I don't think it's going to be an enjoyable watch for the most part. Seventeen fifteen that I said earlier sounds about right, but uh, we will see. I, I also like the fact that this game's on the road. I've mentioned it before. I just think we are better prepared mentally. I, I don't know what's going on with the team that they do that, but I generally think that we are just better suited on the road than we are at home for whatever reason. So I, I actually look at that as a positive for us. So I am going to take the 49ers. It's not going to shock me at all if we lose. It's going to be really interesting if we do lose in terms of the trade deadline coming up. So I'll be curious to see what the reaction is. If that happens, this is probably our easiest game for a while, I would think. And and that's not a slight against the Patriots, uh, just an admittance on, on how difficult the schedule is moving forward. But so I do think that, you know, like
1: the Rams game last week, this is a must win. It is our on paper easiest game that we have until we play the redskins week 14 and the maybe even the cowboys week 15 you know we're we're going into our toughest stretch with uh next week we got the seahawks then we got the packers then we got the saints then we got the rams again and then the bills so this is we're we're moving into our toughest stretch of the season every win counts from here on out so this is this is another must win game i mean i feel like every game from the rest of the season is a must win if we want to be in the playoffs but you know we can't trip up in this game we have to win this game if we want to make it to the playoffs
0: absolutely
1: great all
0: right that's gonna
1: do it for us in this
0: one uh just a quick preview on the Patriots I think we both feel pretty good but not super great
1: cautiously uh, optimistic
0: yes cautiously optimistic is pretty much the perfect way to <laughs> to summarize that and this is gonna be a this is gonna be a battle and uh, looking forward to it obviously I it's just so hard when you when you look at these teams, we're so banged up, and our, our season's so derailed by by injuries that it's really really sucks to to kind of see it get undone by that. But you know, we just keep fighting and and hopefully shake these uh, these Ws out. You know, one week at a time, just keep pushing forward because we're gonna have a we're gonna have a battle on our hands moving. You know, each of these games, so. Uh, Hopefully we'll get the W. Hopefully you guys enjoy the weekend and the game. Do you
1: have uh, any last words, Thunder Nation? Just hoping for a win this weekend. We're down seven starters on defense. So this is the time for if you want to make it on the team next year, this is is a, a prime opportunity to show what you got because we got nothing else. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We
0: had a blast as always. Uh, NFL should be back for the, the next episode. He was just a little busy this week. So we look forward to having him back. Take care.
1: Enjoy the game. And we will talk to you soon, guys.